Whether it be in the New South Wales Ranges, Riverside and the Northern Territory, above treeline in New Zealand or Colorado, or in the tundra of Alaska, hunting camp is where the best stories are shared. Join me as I bring some of these stories to you, along with tips and techniques from some of the known and not so well known hunters of Australia and around the world. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Hunting Camp Down Under. You might be thinking I sound a little bit different to Craig, and you're probably right. Because in this episode, myself, Nick from Ozcut Broadheads, is going to be asking Craig the questions. We recently had the chance to catch up down at the Wild Deer Expo in Myrtleford a few months back, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to give myself and you guys a bit more insight into Craig's bow hunting life and life in general. The chat covers a few topics and we delve into some of Craig's more interesting international hunts in which I got a lot out of and it was a lot of fun to chat about. So enjoy the chat guys and I hope you guys get something out of it from the man behind the microphone. I know I did. Uh, I know. Alright. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Alright everyone, uh, welcome to Hunter Camp Down Under. We're um, at the Wild Deer Expo in Myrtleford, Victoria. and. Uh, I'm sitting in the Ozcut Broadhead booth with Nick Morton. How are you, bud? Good, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, mate, you, I can't believe your heads are flying off the shelf. Yeah, it's a good uh, good show, mate. It's a lot busier than I expected, so it's pretty hot in this shed at the moment, but um, <laughs> the crowds are still flowing in. Um, it's good, a lot of, lot of bow hunting being spoken about. Oh, mate, it's unreal. And I've I got to say, I reckon bow hunting's actually dominating the show. Like it. Yeah, we were just chatting about that before, uh, before we start recording, and this little corner we're in at the moment, it's, it's bow hunter central, it's, it's Instagram in a room almost, so <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of bow hunting identities of Australia that we see, and yeah. get to chat away with everyone, it's really good. That's unreal, I mean, you know, we, well I spoke on the, uh, on the last episode, you know, to get to meet some faces, and I think the pub last night was nearly, you know, I think it was all bow hunters, Australian bow hunters all sitting in one pub, so. Yeah, that's it, 50 or 60 of us, and run out of time talking to people, but yeah, tonight definitely. will be much the same, if not more. <laughs> oh, I I'm, I'm, I'm worried about tonight already, so. You'll be right, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a few podcasts recorded in the morning, so I'm going to have to behave yourself, but. That's it, yeah, so. we've got a few podcasts happening in the booth, so. It's yeah, all it's, everyone's sort of, you yeah, know, sitting here looking at us now, so it's uh, wondering what we're doing, but uh, no, it should be good, so. We're going to, um, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We were, um, Nick came up with the idea last night that uh, we're going to flip the switch, and Nick's going to actually host this one, this episode. So and, yeah, and apparently I'm going to get drilled. Yeah, well, uh, I just thought that uh, you're telling all the stories of all the other bow hunters in Australia, getting to know them, their origins in hunting, what started them. I guess I want to know. I don't know yours personally, and not many other people out there. So, I guess to start with, what first introduced you into bow hunting, and what age did you get into it all? Did you have any influences? Yeah, I did. I mean, um, you know, obviously my old man was the biggest influence. I. He was a, you know, was a recurve hunter years and years ago and, um, you know, he spent a lot of time out west and, you know, they were rifle shot in that as well. And probably when we were sort of, you know, 11, uh, 11 or 12, I think um, I showed a fair bit of interest. He had an old bear um, sort of compound sitting in a cupboard. So, yeah. And I um, obviously showed a bit of interest in that and was always talking about it. And, you know, years, years leading up to that, I had the old, um, you know, the fiberglass fence post bow and we had a few rabbits on the place. So used to get down and, and fling a few arrows at them and I think I, you know, I might have got one, I don't even know if I ever got one but it was always a, you know, it was always in my blood I suppose you could say and then um, yeah for my 12th birthday I was lucky enough to, to get a good bow straight up so I think it was a Martin Jaguar back in the day so yeah. and I think it was, um, 
maybe about 96 or something like that, I think it was. So, um, yeah, so obviously I've, and from then, you know, I was straight into 3D. Um, 3D AAA just started about a year or so later and did a fair bit of that and it was, you know, did a bit of hunting and that as much as I could do as a kid. And, yep. And, um, yeah, caught and led from there. So I guess the archery's been in your system for quite a while growing up around it and it's just been a bit of a natural progression by the sounds of things. Yeah, it has. I mean, the me teens, um, yeah, definitely did a lot of, you know, 3D archery through yep. sort of mid-teens and then obviously, you know, as I hit 15, 16, it was football and, yep. you know, women drinking all that kind of stuff. Yep, so the usual. Um, doing the normal thing. And then uh, obviously then I was influenced by, you know, certain guys that are pretty popular in the, in the sport today, you know, um, Benny McCulloch, as everyone knows, um, you know, Brad Smith and those guys, and that, that was sort of really starting to take on a charge, yep. you know, um, sort of, you know, early 2000s sort of thing, so. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was about 2007, I think it was, um, did a trip to the Cape York, and um, that was one we sort of, you know, we really took off from there, and, and it was sort of been every year since. That's where the passion sort of really took off, and bow hunting bug really bit hard you think yeah and i think it was more because i could do it on my own as well you know you had your, your yeah, car that bit of freedom all, yeah you had your car and all that kind of stuff so um that no, was good and then yeah i think from there i you know i did another cape hunt and uh i think it was cape and and chittle hunt in 2010 so and that from that point there i think i met you know i did that with Corey nash and that was a the, the chittle trip was unreal and yeah. yeah from there on i just um yeah, it was sort of everything I did. I gave up footy and all that kind of stuff and really concentrated on, you know, bow hunting again and started to get technical and those kind of things. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Um, now, of late, we obviously hunt some similar country up around the home in New South Wales. Um, I know you like chasing the boars around, mate. Tell us a bit about those. What, what draws you to those so much? A lot of guys look at us like we're a bit funny, that <laughs> we'll pick a big old boar over a stag or a buck, but what, what gets you attracted to those so much, mate? Um... So my background is I actually grew up on a piggery. So yeah, okay, right. Enough, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so we had, um, you know, we had over a thousand head of pigs, and and uh, it's not that I hate them, but it, um, you know, it was funny. We used to grow them up as, as domestic pigs, and then we'd go and hunt them on the weekends, you know, yep. in the wild. So it's a bit different, but um, I guess knowing their aggression and and I look at a big boar as you know something that he's so smart, and I think it's. Uh, trying to outsmart them and get a chance as you know yourself you know you can put in a lot of time to yep. to get those big boars and I mean we'll stand here just before and young Liam Woods is in the booth here looking after it for us at the moment he's doing alright <laughs> doing a good job and um, you know he's got a, he's put a little clip together and you know a couple of boars fighting and, and we all looked at it and I said who needs to ask why we hunt boars and I you know when you hear that screaming through the scrub or you know, you, you can't mistake it. It makes sound. the hairs on your neck stand up, doesn't oh, it? Just hearing unreal. that noise. It's, there's nothing like it. You hear no. that and, yep, I'm going yeah. down that gully. And I think, you know, a lot of it, you know, the guys go and hunt Cape Buffalo in the in South Africa or, or where it may be to, um, you know, I think it's the fear, you know, is obviously quite dangerous and that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, yeah, their aggression and, and how they, their, their persona. And uh, they're an intimi intimidating animal on the hoof just to look at, just their, their presence. They're, yeah. they're a big, powerful animal on the yep. mountain, you know, and that's his hill yeah definitely and I think you know opportunities obviously a good thing too you know obviously pigs are pretty plentiful throughout Australia and numerous yep. areas so it's not like you know deer that are very you know very isolated uh, spots I suppose you could say all where, seasonal yeah all seasonal um, so you know if you're keen enough you can hunt them all year round and yep. um, you know I think that's obviously a, a good thing because obviously 
as we get busier and busier and more responsibilities, time becomes a little bit more poorer. So, you know, when you can say, oh, I've got a weekend to go for a hunt, it's like, you know, pigs are generally the targets. So. Yeah, summer, winter, you can generally find them in some sort of area, whether it's on water or a bit of feed, they're, they're going to be somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, you know, as I said, you can mix it up too. You can you can book a trip up north or you can head out west and, you know, hit, hit the flat stuff. Or And obviously, as we do, you know, hitting in the hills where, you know, obviously winter's probably a little bit preferred for that because sure. we catch them out a little bit longer. Yeah. But, um... Going along that lines with your time, mate, you've got a couple of young ones now at the moment, um, and your hunting's shifted a little bit. Um, you've been doing a few international hunts of late. Um, you just drew a new, another tag as well. Um, tell us a bit about that, mate. What's yeah, been happening there? Look, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to, I've drawn a mountain goat tag in Alaska um, this coming year, so obviously I've had so much going on. I had um, Ibex just go past in January. Um, that was a tough hunt. I remember following that one along. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that certainly changed some things. And um, Just give them a bit of a basic rundown of that hunt because for those that don't know, I think it's about a 3% success rate in that yeah, unit, is that yeah, right? Yeah, it is. It's a, so the Florida Mountains down in New Mexico, um, the Ibex were let go there back in the 1960s. Yep. Um, there's a small population. It's now a huntable population. Um, they're pretty strict on it, so they obviously let some tags go. Um, there's an archery tag in October. Um, there's a once-in-a-lifetime rifle tag once a lifetime muzzleloader tag and then there's a January uh, which is the middle of winter archery tag um, due to snakes I would not hunt the October um, it would be crazy due yeah. to the rattlesnakes up there and um, so January it was cold um, that mountain you know if anyone followed on it you know, the rock, social media as they call it they I call believe. it the rock it is everything that they say it is and more it is it's brutal um, yeah. but it was you know it was funny it's, it's doable I'm not going to say it's not doable. I had my chances. Um, I think you had a close call early on. Tell us what happened with that arrow. I did. So day two, um, freezing cold day. I've never been so cold in my life. But, um, yeah, we spotted this one. So how it works, you're pretty much sure at the bottom of the mountain. You've either got someone glassing for you or, or you're with them. We spotted this building on his own, which is really, really uh, rare to do. They, they love being in mobs. So, But we found this one on his own. And... Um, Anyway, a couple hour hike to get up and around on top of him. Um, I had a rock slide between me and him, and he was on the other side of this rock on a cliff. So I was on the back side of that, and um, so hoping that he'd feed back over the top of that that afternoon. So I pretty much sat there more or less half a day. And it was getting late, and it was an area that I didn't want to walk off at night. Um, it was just, you know, it was pretty crazy sort of country. Um, you know, it's very steep, you know, rocks rock falls and that kind of thing and so I thought no nah, bugger it I'll, I'll make the move uh, Matt my guide who's a, who's a good friend of mine as well um, he sat and watched him all day never took an eye off him and um, we had phone phone contact or text message contact and um, so he just kept me posted the whole day and I decided to make the move I, I got through the rock shoot which is um, luckily enough I, I didn't put him up which was good dropped me pack climbed up over this rock and uh, and I'll get there and I'll, I've, you know, I've got an arrow on the string and I can't see him. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I've left left me phone and radio back in the back in the pack. Oh, what am I going to do here? Anyway, long story short, I um, I just happened to hear a little rock, and I thought, oh, he's still there. Next minute, he's come out. I've seen his horns come out, and um, he's vertically underneath my toes. So I'm looking straight past my toes. It's that steep underneath me. And um, anyway, he moved out. I've drawn my bow, and as I've dropped down onto him, it's that steep underneath me. But the arrows hit the top of the rest guard and I'm like well this ain't going to work so you've and gone past 90 degrees I've gone past 90 degrees so yeah. I'm, he's kind of underneath me anyway I managed he sort of stepped forward and I managed to be able to come up sort of a couple mil that I needed 
Arrow come back down onto the rest. But what happened when he stepped forward, all I could see was his rear end. And, you know, obviously we've grown up to, you know, shoot ethically. Yep. And I've just, it's just gone, no, nah, I can't do it. So I'm standing there, full draw, he's not moving. He moves forward under this little, there's a rook, little rocky outcrop that's covering his vitals and his head. I can't see him, I can only see his butt. And um, so he moves forward, and I wasn't sure how long this ledge was, and I can hear him sort of run around. I drew on him and I let down. I thought he was going to come forward, so I drew on him again. He didn't clear that rock. And then I heard him turn, and I, by this time I'd let down the second time, and I heard him turn. I thought he's coming back. He's going to come head first, so this is going to be an opportunity. And I just got to the end of my full draw, and he just he just came at the wrong angle, and he spotted me, and I've never seen an animal move so quick. He covered country. I'm talking sheer cliffs. I was going to say vertical cliffs. Verti- he just literally jumped off the cliff, Yep. and I just seen him hightail out of there. Never seen him again. And to say I was devastated was probably an understatement. Um, I did do a little video clip that I haven't released. I, I was... I was spewing because I knew that was the opportunity that I was probably yeah. going to get out of 15 days hunting. Because that was day two, wasn't it? That was day two. So um, something so early on, we're still hopeful that obviously day two you've got this early on, you're thinking I've got 13 days left, I can make this happen again. Yeah, it was a, I've got to be honest, when I went over, I had no expectation. Um, obviously everyone knows I did the ATA show before and everyone asked me, oh, you know, it's a tough hunt, got any expectation. I had none. Yeah. I thought, this is that hard, I'm just going to go and enjoy it. It all hunt 15 days and I'll be lucky if I get a get a chance if I get a chance that's that's brilliant so when day two come and happen I've got to admit you know it probably threw me for the next day or two because I thought well this is this is doable you know I've got yeah. one you know two days in I'm going to shoot one yeah and then obviously you know those couple of days in there was no real opportunity so I I sort of said hey come on you know you had no expectations come in yeah. let's not start them now and let's start enjoying this time and as I did that that was about the end of the third day yeah um, going into the fourth day I sort of changed my mindset again and um, you know and, and, and opportunities did come you know they were hard work but yep. I never had that opportunity again knowing that that was it didn't come that close again but no I had um, so I don't know if anyone follows me on Instagram I had a giant in a mob I don't know if anyone sent a little video but he was a monster and every everyone kind of knew him I was lucky enough that was the area that I was hunting yep. and um Anyway, long story short, he I wasn't chasing anything in particular. Like, I wasn't, oh, that's the one I want to shoot. It just happened to be the mob that was in the, the area that I was hunting, and I kind of had it to myself. Um, there's an odd sort of other hunter. There's another hundred, there's a hundred tags, so there's plenty of competition. But the best thing about that was it pushed, it kept pushing the Ibex around. So if they didn't do that, they'd just sit up on the rocks and wouldn't move. So you, and you can't get to them, they're up yeah. on the cliffs. So having them push around was kind of a good thing, but it did, you know, I had a couple of opportunities stuffed by you know, a couple of hunters sort of come in and they didn't realise the, where the Ibex were or whatever. And But wind was the biggest problem. So I got in... Uh, I got Isn't in, it always? Oh, just typical mountain. So, yeah. But, I, um, you know, I had had that big guy under 60 yards twice. I'd come up on the backside of the rock and he was four yards on the outside of the rock. And I had the uh, had the wind good the whole time down to that rock. Um, I had to go down a pretty steep sort of canyon all the way to the rock I just literally had to pop up on top of it and uh, they were on the other side no idea was there and the wind just shift uh, yep. after a half hour stalk so you know it was just those little things but well, that's bow hunting at the end of the day isn't it that's why we do it that's what we face that's what you've got to overcome and you've got to have a bit of luck I think for it to work out oh, for, for that wind to hold out for so long yeah. there's got to be some element yep. of luck there you know yep. you can plan your stalk as best you can but the wind's got to hold out for you at the end yeah, of the day yeah definitely and it was you know it was one of the things you know 
everyone's like, oh, you've got to be able to shoot 100, 110 yards out there. Look, there's no way, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you know, it, it's happened or no, but there's no way you could say that you can going to take something cleanly. The wind up there, the gusts, like there was one day I literally, I kind of feared, you know, I nearly got blown off the top of the ridge and, yep. and I messaged me guy and said, mate, I'm out of here. This is, this is ridiculous. And they actually nearly shut the highway down for the dust storm. So it was yeah, that really? crazy. Yeah, it was, it's pretty wild country. And then, and uh, you know, because it's dead flat, and then comes up in his sheer rock face. Yep. The wind's just crazy, and and I come off that that day. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not risking that up here. Let alone try and get a shot or something. Yeah, yet. for sure. You, you shouldn't pass 30, 40 yards trying to hold in a. No, that's right. And you know, at, at the end of the day, or you know, if I'm going to shoot that far, I would have taken a muzzle loader tag. So yeah, that's right. Um, but we but all know that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> if I get a muzzle loader tag, I'm still taking a bow. That's so. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's you know, it's one of the things. So it made it a little bit harder. Like I had. You know, I had a couple at, um, you know, I think it was once there, I had one at 75 yards and, you know, you can only just see the top of his back and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, the, you know, the opportunities were, were close, but, you know, one, I had him 40 yards on the opposite side of the rock again, up on top, and a nanny drops down off the rock. And I had one little sapling tree, it's like a bushy tree, salt bush kind of tree, and they live out of the ro- it comes out of the rocks. I just had to get around that so I could, you know, obviously have a clear shot. And as I'm stepping around that, the nanny drops down on the rock and, takes you know a mob of 45 with her yeah so it's just you know so close but that i met some legend dudes on the you know on the rock oh, um, it's a once in a lifetime hunt that you've got to do mate you know oh, that's right it's uh it's frustrating that it's so hard to get again like yes. I, I don't know when i if i if or when i'll ever draw that tag again yeah. um i hope i do but it's uh you know it's fuel the fire for those kind of mountain hunts and and chasing those kind of animals that they're very different you know not something that we can sort of They've got similar characteristics of, you know, the Billy, mountain billy goat back here. Um, Just that accessibility and drawing that tag. That's the hard In thing. another country, all foreign to us. Yep. It's all yep. new, all new experience, you know. It's awesome. I mean, and that's why I do it. You know, people ask, well, what do you hunt overseas all the time for? Because it's, it's just an experience. The country over there, the people, they're legends. You know, they're really nice people. I've met some great dudes on the mountain. They ended up, you know, cooking us feeds, we had beers, you know. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast. It was. That's all part of it. That's cool, man. Yeah, de- definitely an awesome experience. I was definitely jealous following along <laughs> with it. So, yeah, but, well, there's a lot of people saying that. But yeah, no, for sure. But going down that road, like, um, there's a few of us Aussie guys applying for a lot more preference points and tags mm-hmm. overseas in the states, um, and something that probably you're at the forefront of at the moment with yep. a few guys. Um, I know I've been speaking to you about it. Something I'm looking at getting into, but. Um, you've just drew your mountain goat, is that right? Yeah. Alaska. Yep, so that's so another Alaska, hunt yep. you've got coming up. Tell yeah. us a bit about that. Um, so Alaska's a little bit harder. Um, so we're in Alaska as a non-resident, and I'm, I'm, we're actually classed as an alien non-resident because we're, we're actually not American citizens either. Uh, just a little bit more expensive, and you have to be contracted with a with an outfitter. The registered guide. Yep, registered guide. Yep. You can't apply for Alaska unless you have that, even if you're just a non-resident American um, to Alaska. So, so if you're in front of any other state. But, um, you know, that's quite easily sorted because obviously they all know how it works. And, yeah, so I've, uh, I've contacted, um, you know, Frank Sanders, um, Alaska Trophy Outfitters, and he set us all up and put us in the drawer. And, yeah, bloody crazily enough, <laughs> I've been lucky again. And uh, I've seen so that text message come through. Yeah. I was like, you're kidding? <laughs> yeah. I, this I man needs to buy a lotto ticket. I know, I know. It's sort of, I don't know, I don't know how the wife puts up with me, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a full on year. I've, I've got obviously I've got two little ones, and uh, my third is actually due um, in mid July, and then this hunt's going to be the mid August. So yeah, I'm going to be uh, in the bad books. <laughs> yeah, I'm always in that. But uh, no, it's good. I mean, we were planning to try and go all over as a family, but yeah, uh, might be just a little bit early. I was hoping to um, to actually do the hunt sort of early September. Yep. 
but uh, you know, taking the, the the outfitter's sort of advice because I'm obviously chasing it with a bow. Yep. Weather's risky and all this, and he really wants me there. Mid, mid yeah, you're saying so that he wants you there in August, best chance. Yeah, so know, I'm really so. gonna, you know, obviously gonna just have to follow his, you know, his uh, his guidance there. That's why you've got him. So, um, yeah, it looks like about 20th of August will be the start of the hunt. So that's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to following that. Line yeah, it's on, gonna so. be the full, you know, float seaplane in and uh, you the know, full experience. Dropped in the bay, hike up the top, and yeah, it's gonna be pretty awesome. And so it's on the mainland of Alaska. So. There's not many guys in this uh, room now at the moment that are, that are going to do things like that or have done it in the past, you know, so it's going to yep. be an awesome experience for you. I think the biggest thing as well, you know, and, and anybody, and I love, I love all the messages and emails I get for help, uh, it, it really is accessible and, um, you know, the big thing about over there, it can be done on all different budgets. You That's don't right. have to have 20, 10 or 15 grand. I know I've been all that through that before, but, um, you know, you can do it on a, on a relatively lower budget and yep. um, it's very accessible over there. Um, don't get me wrong, we are extremely spoiled here. So we, you know, the fact that we get to hunt at any time, I know we're all talking about this morning, you know, the fact that we can just go out for a hunt. 365 days a yep, year. The poor guys over there, you know, they've got very, very strict seasons and, and those kind of things, tag, accessibility. Limited tags, right. yeah. Yep, so, um, you know, it all makes a difference, but it, it's good to, you know, mix it up, so. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome to see. So um, I know I shot your message, I was just over at the Westing, Western Hunting Convention over in Utah yep. there, had a booth with Oscar Broadheads. Um, and after a conversation I had with Adam Greentree, he said, hey, man, have you have you put in for the tag draw? And I said, oh, no, I haven't. He said, oh, if you've got a bit of spare cash, you may as well while you're over here. Yep. So Nick wanders on up. Um, <laughs> I basically put in for every tag that was in the draw. And my mate Sawyer um, from over there, I got a, a FaceTime call about a week later. And he's like, you've drew a tag. Yep. Um, and I ended up drawing a late season tag in the Wasatch front, um, Bull Elk, yep. any weapon. Um so I think that st season starts in November 10. Yep. Um, so we're really looking forward to that hunt. And from all accounts, from what I've heard, there's some there's some big bulls in that yeah, unit. So. Yeah. Any unit in uh, in Utah, I'll follow it closely. I actually just done my application there a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, any any unit in Utah, they're they're very hard tags to get as a non-resident. And um, you know, so it uh, yeah, you're in for a good hunt. They're very different. You know, most people are going to go and chase an elk. From Australia is going to go in the middle of the rut. You're yeah. going to, you know, you're going to hunt, hunt them like you do the balls here. You know, you're going to yeah. get them on their winter range, and you know, you're probably hunting in snow. It's going to be freezing cold, but yep. it's going to be a pretty awesome sort of experience. So. Yeah, it's going to be something totally different for me, but I'm looking forward to that. You know, I've got Sawyer and Dallas over there. They're local boys from Utah. They know that range pretty well, so yep. they're both keen to jump along in that hunt and sort of guide me along, which would be yep. good. Um, but hunting in the snow at that elevation that time of year a lot of glassing some big country it's a little bit different to what we do but mm. i'm looking forward to the challenge and hoping i can come out heavy with it so Definitely. i'm really looking forward to it well man we've thought you know we've, we've all got uh, stuff happening you know just getting around here today and everyone's talking to rats and all this kind of stuff it's crazy and you know just watching everyone stock up on broadheads and everyone's getting keen it makes you keen yeah just just talking and being in the environment you know I, I think me and Liam, when we're getting back on Tuesday, Wednesday, we're straight into the hills after a few fallow and maybe a boar, so yeah. straight back into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and going back, you know, obviously that's where we all sort of started, you know, that, that's what set me up was, was chasing boars and then, you know, obviously you progressed, you know, into the, into the deer and stuff like that. Uh, Jerry's just grabbing his bow. That's a nice looking Hoyt. <laughs> He's stalking. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, you know, obviously progressed in the deer, and, and it, it's interesting now, you know, there's people still that hunted for years, you know, I heard a conversation this morning, you know, there's guys chasing, hasn't, hasn't shot a deer yet, you know, and yet yeah. 
you know, chased went Africa and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. So it's it's kind of good that you know there's still these people you know at the at the beginning and and um, I mean it's it's hard not to hunt the rut. It, it, uh, oh, there's some, there's something about it, isn't it? Them grunting yeah, bucks, the bucks, stags, the stags. I'm looking forward. To it. I got some new country to hunt. So yeah, you were telling me about that. You should do well. Yeah, there, it's so. it's the right area. I mean it's um yeah it's a little bit dry. It's, it's an area that should hold some feed. Um, the lower elevations and you know it's got uh, some tight little gullies that hopefully have moisture left in them so have you got a bit of time off for that one over the next few weeks well mate that, that's probably my issue at the moment I've only got the long weekend so um, I might get out the following weekend I'm, I'm in debt at work so yep um, yeah I'll sort of <laughs> I'll, stretch, I'll stretch the relationship there at work with, uh, with time off obviously but uh no, obviously with uh, Alaska coming up, I've just got to be careful what it takes. So. Yeah, that's right. Manage a bit of family time around it, get those big hunts in, and if you can get out on a weekend or two here and there, got to make the most of it. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, oh, look, I you know, I'll, I'll I'll get over for Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning sort of sessions as much as I can, and you know, I might throw in a you know midweek there. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, occasionally get a day off there. On I know we week. still need to catch up oh. for a hunt. It's been planned for about twelve months. We'll get yeah, there eventually. Yeah, probably longer. But uh, yeah, no, it's one of them things. It's uh, just trying to obviously get both of us at the same time to yeah. It's about to line it up, but uh, it makes it a little bit hard. But, you know, it's uh, it's one of the things. I mean, I, I get a bit out of, you know, even just doing the podcast, you know, talking about guys' experience and stuff like that, a little bit like we're doing today, you know, that kind of can get you through the, the times you can't get out. And oh, those for sure. Just being associated with the sport in some way. Um, and I, I just want to say, like, on behalf of everyone, what you're doing is awesome. Um, an Aussie podcast coming out, telling our stories, I guess, putting us a little bit more accessible to the guys in the States and all other countries like that that are not too uh, educated on our hunting over here so getting our stories out there what it's about um, it's, it's a good thing you're doing mate getting it out there um, doing a bit for Australian bow hunting so yeah cheers mate I mean it uh, it wasn't something I didn't think it would go as big as quick yeah. uh, or as, as quick as it has uh, I started it was just something to do it was something just to jump in and, and obviously you know yourself with you know with broadheads you know you got your shops around and it was it was just something else I, I could contribute to, to I guess bow hunting industry in Australia um, I thought you know obviously I, I, I talk you know, for work you know I, I'm always talking with people and, and it was just a good way to, to reach out and, and everyone's just jumped on it, it, it's been really really good and yeah the growth has been great there's and a lot of popularity with it now you know like a yeah. lot of people are downloading getting some good numbers on there yeah I'm listening to them going to work driving <laughs> to hunting um, it's good like I remember when we first spoke about it you said oh, I want to be involved more and I'm yep. going to do a podcast yep didn't really know what direction you were sort of going to take with it but now telling the people stories and everyone's following along great feedback from it It, it's a good thing it's a good project you're doing and i'm looking to see it grow into the future see where where it heads yeah cheers mate and it's i'm you know i definitely want to keep it you know relative to everything we do you know and always keep it on level that everything we do and talk about you know i know we've you know we've had benny solaris on you know getting over to you know uh bulgaria and you know obviously his ibex and stuff like that so you know we can all do it it's all very accessible and and uh i mean you can all share along with this podcast you know everyone can hear everyone's story yeah that's because everyone does have a story everyone we all do it for different reasons with it yep. to an extent everyone has their stories and follow along hear it and fill in some time when we're not hunting as yeah well, definitely so. i mean it uh, it can it can definitely uh, kill some time that's for sure i know you got a few booked in this weekend into the booth to sit yeah down yeah with, it's, so. uh, it's good it, it's hard not we, we keep talking we should just turn the recorder on but yeah it, uh no it's the show's been great and and everyone's got the hey, we're all here for the same thing and and that's uh, right. you know it, they're all good I, i'm just loving the growth in in the in the industry you especially know, bow think. hunting yeah it's um and we're, we're not going unnoticed you know every all around the world you know 
over the ATA show there. You know, there were some South African guys in that there, and and yeah, they you know they love it. Yep. They love the content that you know everyone brings out. You know, Jerry and Jerry and Brad down under. Yeah, they're just they got the their demo playing here at the moment. They do, they do some amazing stuff for the guys who haven't seen Bow Hunt down under. Check out Jerry and Brad's work because it is it's world class. Oh, definitely. And as I said, I said in the last episode they got some things coming. I just yeah, it's just one of the things that they're, they're that uh, particular and what they want to put out. You know, yeah. it it does take longer and you know it, it gets hard for people to probably understand that. But That's there's right. so much work goes into each episode. Oh, for sure. And world-class cinematography, a story's told, it, it's unreal to watch. I love their work. Yeah, definitely. And, and I had the pleasure, you know, I've had that, um, that, you know, Jerry followed me around on that, uh, and Brad, on that first New Mexico hunt. And it was really interesting to, to be involved in that. And, and, and when you see it again and you relive it, I mean, it's pretty special. That's and your moment there. You yeah, know, it is. And you'll right. have that forever. And uh, I jumped straight on, so you know a pretty cool thing is uh, Jerry will be joining me on the on the Alaskan hunt too. So okay, I didn't know that. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good, and uh, we. I don't think we can't picture of any kind of mountain goat hunt out there that's been filmed a bow hunt anyway been filmed in the way that Jerry does things so yeah, um, yeah for sure know, we're hoping to put something pretty special together there no that'd be good I'll look forward to it mate but um, I think we sort of better wrap it up a little bit yeah mate. lined up but yeah nah, the expo it's been awesome we were at the pub last night there was <laughs> 40 or 50 of us all Aussie bow hunters from all around the place yep. together in the one um, it's been an awesome event so far I think it's halfway through the first day um, I'm going to try and get around and have a chat to everyone, <laughs> especially guys like Rowan Walker. He's come all the way from the territory just to come down for this yeah, one. Like yep, that's a massive effort. Yeah, so definitely. We're gonna. He's gonna be on shortly. So yeah, we'll, we'll track um, him down. But just to have a chat to those guys that I've seen and spoke to on social media, but I've never had the chance to face to face shake their hand and have a chat. Yeah. So. But thanks, mate. Thanks for joining me. No, it's Not good, mate. Thanks anyway. for telling your story, Craig. I'm sure yeah, everyone will mate, appreciate it. it. Certainly a short, short version, but. Uh, I'll bore people if I go on too long. So. Ah, no, it was good, mate. It was good having you. So All right. we'll uh, get these off and we'll, we'll keep talking. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good on you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hunting Camp Down in the Podcast. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by Hoyt Bow Hunting, Arrowhead Magazine, and Abbey Archery. That's all for me this week. All the best in the hills. and look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.